Empower Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with light workers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for a spiritual conversation with enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. What is the relationship between our global climate crisis, a planet in crisis, and the way we care for ourselves and our communities, especially in these turbulent times? Dr. Stephanie Mines is my guest today, and she's here to talk about climate change and about healing and consciousness. Are you ready to meet her? Dr. Stephanie Mines is a neuropsychologist whose unique understanding comes from her academic research as well as her extensive work in the field. She's investigated trauma as a survivor, a professional, a healthcare provider, and as a trainer of staffs of institutions and agencies. She's developed the Tara approach for the resolution of shock and trauma, which is taught internationally and is a clinically tested comprehensive treatment design. Dr. Bynes is the founder of Climate Change and Consciousness, a global movement cultivating grounded climate action and serving a vibrant assembly of visionary activists. Her book, We Are All in Shock, Energy Healing for Traumatic Times, is now out in a new edition that's been revised for 2020. You can find out more about Dr. Mines and her work at tara-approach.org. Stephanie, welcome to Out of the Fog. Thank you, Karen. Are we really all in shock? I think we are. What does it mean when you say it? I speak about shock from a physiological standpoint and also from a neurobiological standpoint. And that refers to the burden of overwhelming experience on our resilience, both in terms of our adrenal function and also in terms of our brain function. I see us now as, and I love the title of your show because it matches this perfectly. I see us coming out of the fog of shock as we enter this new era uh, in 2021. And I would say my book, which I wrote several years ago and have now updated is more relevant now and will be even more relevant in 2021 than ever before. You talked about the burden that we carry of shock. I have an understanding of shock, just like an, ow, darn it, like that kind of shock, or, oh my gosh, I'm so surprised. It sounds like you're talking about shock as something that stays, something that lingers, something that accumulates. Your definition is excellent. Just imagine that ow, oh, overwhelm in a moment happening repeatedly mm. over and over and over again. And that accumulation is what I mean by the burden. So all of us, to some extent, have those ouch moments in our histories. But when those moments are replicated repeatedly, as they have been in particular recently, that creates a dampening effect 
on our resilience and we must intervene to restore that innate capacity that we all have to bounce back. What happens in our bodies and in our brains when we carry that burden, when we're under that sort of repeated assault? The answer to that question is both collective but also highly individuated. Each of us has experienced, as we've already mentioned, some series of ouch experiences, difficult, overwhelming experiences. And when the environment, such as it has been recently, is overwhelmingly shocking, those current experiences attached to the earlier experiences. That is how our nervous systems work. That is how our brains work. We store similar experiences conditionally. So when there is a generic repetition of a shock that occurred earlier, an overwhelming experience that occurred earlier, they clump together. Think of Velcro. Hmm. They attach. And when there's too many of those attachments, almost like adhesions, then that ends up adding to this overwhelm, this burden that I'm referring to. Now, a big part of your work is the intersection between our mm, personal uh, shock, trauma, need for healing, and the shock and the trauma that our communities and our planet is going through. Can you say a little bit about how that, when you were talking about the clumping, about, about that accumulation, I'm thinking of all the things we've done to the planet and all the things we do to each other in community. Can you speak into that? A little bit, what helped you see the connection between these two and how your work speaks into that? I'd love to. This is very much where I am living and being creative right now. I believe that we are living, I know, I not only believe, I know experientially, not only from my personal experience, but also from the work that I'm doing collectively with groups, with women, with communities around the world, that we are living at a time when that individuated accumulation is being shared globally. And we are simultaneous with our fellow citizens, our fellow global citizens, beginning to feel this groundswell of sovereignty and empowerment that is leading us to bounce back from the overwhelm. So let me speak personally uh, in a disclosing way. Uh, it is a way that I teach that my personal history of dysfunction within my family that was marked by the domination of a very distressed father uh, who was a veteran. So this is not uncommon to veterans' families. Uh, that 
war trauma that was inflicted on my family and resonated uh, through all the family members' lives in different ways has been reactivated by the similarities of conditions in the present time uh, when mm -hmm. leadership, for instance, feels violating and unprotective, the opposite of protective. And when that experience of personal violation is observed in a collective context in this tragic but unifying way, we have a collective experience and that collective experience is differentiated individually, but also within communities, within communities that have particular cultural backgrounds that may be impacted in unique ways. And my work is really about empowering the individuals and the communities in the groundswell that is already afoot as a result of our collective resurgence. What is it that you see that lets us know the groundswell is happening? I know that I talk to people who may be feeling less hopeful than you sound. My hope is hard-earned. Uh, and it has been here for a long time. It's not just this moment. It's actually accelerated in this moment. Throughout my career, which was focused largely on trauma and sexual abuse, for instance, domestic violence, uh, working with families, uh, families of veterans, throughout that wonderful work, the thing that completely resonated over and over and over again was the miracle of human resilience and the magnitude of human potential. And I marvel to this day at the capacity of survivors of violence, sexual abuse, sexual assault, physical violence, verbal violence, I marvel at the capacity of those survivors to be incredible parents, attuned people in relationship to others, caring and compassionate individuals. And I resonate very much with the work of Rebecca Solnit that you might be familiar with, uh, where uh, her book, for instance, A Paradise Built in Hell, speaks to how consistently and historically at the grassroots level, people rally in times of crisis. And this is what I have witnessed in individuals, in families, and in communities. And now as the founder of Climate Change and Consciousness, I am seeing it in the global collective of communities around the world that are really coming forward with their creativity, their innovation from a deep inner place of creating new leadership, new ways forward into a more beautiful world. That resonates so deeply with me because I feel like part of the shock that 
is accumulating now is a feeling that it will always be like this. It will never get better. It will only get worse that there's no. And so I resonate so strongly with what you're saying, which holds that deep truth that we do always come together, that in the darkest moments that we always reach for the light. Well, I uh, love that you just ended your sentence with the word light. I come from a Jewish background and we are approaching the miracle of the light, the Hanukkah celebration, which my lineage for many decades has honored is the miracle of the light that endures despite all attempts to extinguish it. And I have been reflecting just this morning, Karen, on what is known as the shamash. So the shamash is the candle on the menorah, which we light for the Hanukkah celebration, which is coming up very soon. The shamash stands apart and is the candle that lights the other candles. And this is the assignment I feel to those of us who are mature, to those of us who are bearing witness to what has come before, what is present now, and who have the capacity to see what's going forward. We are each the shamash, the one who will carry the light so that our children have a future that is illuminated. You're listening to Out of the Fog, and I'm talking with Dr. Stephanie Mines, a new edition of her book, We Are All in Shock, Energy Healing from Traumatic Times, is available now. And you can find out more about Dr. Mines and her work at tara-approach.org. That's T-A-R-A hyphen A-P-P-R-O-A-C-H, tara-approach.org. One of the things I love about this book is that gives it shows gives charts and photographs of places ways in which we can hold ourselves focus on those energy points to help release and um, change the way that we flow so i'm wondering i just have a few questions about this i'm wondering if there's something you can share with the listeners that they can use maybe while they're listening or the next time they feel triggered or afraid or like they can't get to sleep. Is there something you can share physically that they can do to help them? Absolutely. And I want to preface that by saying that as a survivor myself, as someone who has uh, struggled with her own nervous system, uh, that for me, the somatic therapies have always been much more effective than the talk therapies. The therapies that speak directly to the physiology of exactly what you're describing, panic attacks, insomnia, those are the ones that evolved my consciousness. And even though it appears that the talk therapies are brain-centered, in fact, they're thinking-centered, which is entirely Mm -hmm. different. So Somatic therapies are oriented to evolve your consciousness. And when your consciousness evolves, then your physiology 
evolves with it. That is my direct experience. One of the simplest and most effective interventions that I can offer the listeners has to do with holding hands. <laughs> so, uh, you know, holding hands is so precious, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and so reassuring. We can hold our own hands and specifically we can hold our fingers. So this system, I want to honor the person who delivered this system to me. I am eternally grateful to Mary Eno Burmeister, who brought these teachings to America. And I was so fortunate to be with her at a very early time in her teaching. She's no longer with us in the body. I definitely feel her presence still. And I want to honor her, Mary Eno Burmeister. And her basic teaching almost always begins with the fingers. And she taught me that each finger is a conduit of energetic recalibration. So that literally by wrapping each finger, uh, and it's almost like surrounding the finger in the sweet embrace of the opposite hand. So right now, for instance, I'm resting the thumb of my left hand in the palm of my right hand. I'm just wrapping the other fingers around it so that the palm of the thumb is touching the palm of my opposite hand. And in that contact, palm to palm, there is a bioelectrical transmission that occurs. So human bioelectricity is what's measured in x-rays and similar uh, systems, mechanical systems, we also can detect that bioelectricity through a very subtle pulsation distinct from the vascular pulse that is a bioelectrical pulse that you may feel as you do this. You don't have to feel it, but you might. And that pulse indicates the calming of the systems that are spoken to by holding the thumb. And those systems in the meridian concepts are the stomach and the spleen, and they relate to the earth element. So when we hold the thumb in this way, we are releasing worry. We are releasing the agitated, anxious mind that is justifiably distressed at this time. There's a lot to worry about, but that worry is not productive. And so we can actually bring it to peace through simply holding the thumb. What a miracle. So if your listeners are able to do that, they can experience this peaceful mind that comes from holding the thumb. That's beautiful. It is. It is exquisite. And I want you to know that this has been solace to me under so many varying circumstances, including the current ones. And I want to share that solace with all your listeners, with the entire world, Karen. With that idea of 
holding places on our physical and energetic bodies to make change? How would you guide us to hold our communities or hold our planet? What I have been doing recently that speaks directly to your question uh, is creating uh, what I call a sustainable health for a climate changing world and a free to heal program. And this program is specifically for healing in community. So my vision, Karen, is to educate and train sustainable health practitioners in every community. These are individuals who can bring this simplicity, this compassion, this innate resilience that simply needs to be turned on in us into communities that are suffering. I've done three pilot projects of sustainable health. I'm about to do another one. And this is now a paradigm that is part of the planetary health lab of the University of Edinburgh, where I'm a fellow. So I believe that the Shamash, going back to my earlier reference to Hanukkah, the Shamash, the leader, the one who ignites the flame in others is a sustainable health practitioner. And I want to provide the resources for those individuals in every community to spread the light by learning these practices that I'm sharing with you and also other culturally relevant practices depending on where the communities are. It's a beautiful way of stepping into a time that is contentious and where we have tended to break into little warring groups. What you are describing is a beautiful way to come in with light. And when I think of light, I'm always thinking of capital L light, to step in holding, holding the light in a way that helps break down those barriers and bring people together, just as all of us can place our thumb in our palm and wrap that up safe and warm. There's a way in which we can kind of feel into that light of mm, positive change that we can make together without regard to our different warring factions. You know, despite what might be present in the media and you know, kind of ricocheting around in that world, our unity is much stronger than our separation. Mm -hmm. And that unity at this grassroots level, at this groundswell level, is much more palpable right now than that divisiveness. So we need to recognize that. And one of the ways that we recognize it is in community. So I appreciate you, Karen, for creating a place where people can tap into that community. And that's what I do in all my programs. Climate change and consciousness is absolutely a community cauldron. It has a program called Groundswell that I created, which is about sharing things like my sustainable health paradigm we need these communities 
to find that collective resonance and tap in to the way that we are coming actually more together at this time than we are coming apart. Stephanie, thank you so much for being on the program. It's a wonderful thing to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you, Karen, for the opportunity. That is Dr. Stephanie Mines. There's a new edition of her book, We Are All in Shock, Energy Healing for Traumatic Times. That's available every place good books are sold. And you can find out more about Dr. Mines and her work at tara-approach.org. That's T-A-R-A-approach.org. And you're always welcome at karenhager.com. It's a good place to find out about upcoming classes and events. And you can also book a private session with me there if you are so inclined. And if you believe, as I believe, and as Dr. Mines was talking about, about how, how one person, one thought, one act can be the spark that kindles change, that from a place of unity, from a place of resilience, we can make things better I invite you to check out openpeacefulheart.com. That's a website where you can get information about the once monthly 15-minute free guided meditation call that my wife and I have been doing now for several years. That call is free and open to all. It focuses on peace in our hearts and peace in the world. And also at openpeacefulheart.com, you'll find a pretty extensive library now of recorded guided meditations from past calls. Those are available to you to listen to any time. As we come into the final weeks of the year, caring for ourselves and caring for those we love feels even more important as we come back together in the old ways, but with everything changed. So use those resources, self-care, compassion, the resilience that Dr. Mines is talking about to take you and your family, your loved ones through these final weeks of the year. Thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world, and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace. Peace.